I love that scripture where you know, Jesus says, Satan has come and he found no place in me. Uh, it's almost like he, he threw all these accusations at me, but there was no wound in me that, that he could uh, let that, that arrow land. But for us, you, Adam, for me, Gary, uh, others listening to us, uh, Satan comes and he finds places in us. Like, so he knows, he, he knows uh, you know, where to hit us. Hi, everybody. Welcome again to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. I hope you joined us on our last episode when we had Adam Young with us. Uh, really some brilliant stuff, some soul-searching stuff, and some uh, fodder for real-life transformation. So uh, if you haven't checked that episode out, either do it right after this one, or you might even want to take a break and go back to, to that one. Uh, the Gary Wilkerson Podcast is for the last few weeks and uh, coming up for the next few months, ha- have been really addressing some of the soul care issues, some of the things a, a, a pastor count, pastoral counselor might look into. As you know, I've had 40 years of pastoral ministry and uh, just just want to see people help, see people what you know what Jesus talked about in Isaiah 61, the, the brokenhearted healed and the captive set free. You know, these aren't just theological issues like, you know, knowing about the attributes of God, which I love. Uh, these are these are knowing what God is like and then how that spirit of Christ comes in and just moves in our heart in some real powerful ways. So uh, past few weeks, upcoming months, we'll be talking about the, the renovation of the heart for kingdom leaders, uh, just how, the, the, again, the spirit of God uh, does a work in us to transform us. If, if we don't do that work, if, if the, we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do that work in us, uh, we kind of get stuck. Our ministry, our, our work, our relationships, our family, it uh, just gets in a place where it's not growing. It's 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 life becomes mundane. You have uh, you're stuck in these issues of life, and there's a way of freedom in that. And that's uh, so. Today we're going to talk about some accusations that the evil one uh, presents to us, and sometimes how tragically we begin to agree with him. And so, Adam, thanks for coming back with us again today. I really enjoyed our last episode. Uh, learned a lot, and I'm I'm, I'm growing in the Lord by. Uh, having listened to your podcast and here now speaking with you personally. So thank you so much. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you, brother. Um, so last week, we talk, last episode, we talked about uh, attunement, how we can tune into each other. Uh, we talked about a lot in, you know, a relationship to a mother, father, children, but, you know, that... I'd probably just be able to say that that that's good for marriages as well. Uh, you know, yeah. or, uh, church life, yeah, to be attuned to one another, and then, uh, but the attachment has to do with how various ways uh, we grew up. Um, if 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 some of these things are a little bit askew, attunement and attachment, and then the evil one comes along and starts suggesting, uh, you deserve that. You you. Uh, mm-hmm. If, if, if only you were a better person, your father wouldn't have been that way. When, these, these would be called, I heard one of your podcasts, you talked about accusations. Uh, can you mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about that? Sure. I, I mean, the scripture says that the evil one is the accuser of the children of God. And what I would suggest is that if, if a listener takes out an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper uh, and ponders what are some of the sentences that come at them in a given week that are upsetting and are in some way naming them in a particular way. That's what I mean about an accusation. So an, an accusation is something that comes at us and it may, it may feel like it just comes from inside of you, but it comes up in your day-to-day life and you feel really bad 
afterwards. So accusations such as you're a bad dad, you're an incompetent, you know, coworker, um, you uh, and, and, and accusations often are very specific. Your nose is crooked and your nose might be crooked, but this is something that has hounded you since you were in middle school and it comes back, uh, you know, it, it'll come up as you look in the mirror. And so accusations disturb the shalom inside of us and and they are particular to your story. So the things that the accusations that come at me are different than the accusations that come at you, Gary. And and the reason for that is because we have different stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, w I would love that scripture where you know, Jesus says, Satan has come and he found no place in me. Uh, it's almost like he, he threw all these accusations at me, but there was no wound in me that, that he could uh, that, that arrow land. But for us, you, Adam, for me, Gary, uh, others listening to us, uh, Satan comes and he finds places in us. Like, so he knows, he, he knows, uh, you know, where to hit us. Um, and yes. so those accusations, um, kind of take root in us. We, we kind of tend to start believing them. But the, 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 <clears throat> when we talk about Satan or the evil one and accusations, would I be off base? Please correct me if I'm wrong here, but some, some accusations are from Satan uh, some, uh, you know, himself, but or, you know, the fallen angels. There's the demonic forces at work in the world today. Uh, then there's the world itself. You know, Satan may not have, he may or may not have used my mother to say something to me that was was an accusation. Friends, church life. Uh, so, uh, the, the, and then your own flesh. Would, can, you, can, can some accusations come from your own? Um, you know, Paul talks about the spirit and the flesh. Uh, would, would every right. accusation come from, directly from Satan in the demonic realm, or could some accusations you created in your own self? Well, what I would say with regard to the self is that what we tend to do is we tend to join in accusations. So, for example, let's get really practical. Like, you're a 12-year-old boy, and you are being made fun of in middle school, and for whatever reason, and you go home and you tell your dad... And your dad says to you, um, son, you, you know, you're just too sensitive. Something in that 12-year-old boy will agree with that accusation that he's too sensitive. And from that day forward, uh, anytime that boy's sensitivity is in play, that accusation will often present itself to him and he will either need to you know, join it or renounce it. And no 12, 13, 14, 15 year old boy is going to be able to renounce that when his father has cursed him as being too sensitive. It's not until adulthood when he starts to engage his story that he'll even have a category for, oh my gosh, that was an accusation against the glory of my heart and I need to renounce it. So, so you, you, these two things kind of couple together, don't they? The, the, an accusation comes, um, but like with Jesus, that accusation couldn't find a place. With us, it finds a place, so that, right. and that place is our agreement right. with that. So, is yes. it accurate to say we're we're sort of a, a, you know agreeing with a, a, an evil realm about us rather than agreeing yes. about what God says about us? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I would say is, you know, the question, the implicit question is like, why would anyone do that? Well, these things come at us when we're children. And 
children don't have the mind of an adult. A 12-year-old boy cannot go to sleep that night and think to himself, wait a second, uh, my dad just cursed something about me that is actually created in the image of God. And I'm not going to agree with that. A 12-year-old boy will always join with the words of his father. And in that sense, in this example, is joining with the accusation of evil against the glory and goodness of his sensitive heart. Yeah. And so that that boy that's 12, when he's 30, 40, 50, even 60 or older, is still saying to themselves, rehearsing that, or enumerating over and over again in their mind, I'm too sensitive. Or, or And usually it comes, I, my, my history would say it, it gets worse. Instead of saying I'm too sensitive, I'm weak. Uh, and then it goes into I'm yes. worthless, I'm no good, I'm not enough. You know, and yes. so a lot, a lot of yeah. accusations uh, have a life of their own. They kind of take on, uh, yes. and, and so as you get older in life, if you're not letting yourself be healed, you're, you're, you're digging a bigger ditch for yourself to some degree, I would think, right? Yes. And, and so in, in, you brought up Isaiah 61. I mean, in Isaiah 61, there's a linkage between a broken heart, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to proclaim freedom to the captives is what comes after the binding up of the broken heart. What you're talking about is captivity. Wow. Yeah. What you're talking about is how we become enslaved to ways of being in the world. In this example, a vow to never be sensitive. This 12 year old boy is very likely to uh, commit to, uh, uh, I'm just not going to be sensitive because I want the approval and affirmation of my father. And my father is disgusted with my sensitivity. And so I, I just won't be sensitive. And so he becomes captive to being um, hard hearted, you know, yeah. um, numb. And that becomes what we call personality, but oh, it's not his yeah. personality. It's actually yeah. enslavement. It's actually bondage. And it's bondage that grew out of the woundedness of his heart. Yeah. Mm, that's so important. I, I th sometimes I'll call that the false construct. We construct we sure. construct a life of our own, thinking that's who we really are. So if, um, if a father says to a 12-year-old, you'll never amount to anything, so, so you're, but you're, yeah. and you're believing that lie, but there's something in us, isn't there, that wants to fight that as well. You, don't, you believe it, yeah. but you're saying, but I don't want to believe it, so yeah. I'm going to make... Yeah. A, a, you know, a, a huge amount of money or I'm going to become super famous. Yes. So, 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 yep. you know, then, then, then you're 40, 50 years old, you're exhausted, you've lost your family and you don't know why, because yes. you, you were just trying to prove that you weren't worthless, you know? So all, man, and then weird, that, that yes. just starts with an, it could start with a single accusation that maybe is repeated a couple of times, takes root in our heart. Absolutely. Man, your whole life. You, Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important to get to the root of this stuff. So that you can, because otherwise, I mean, some of that stuff that I've worked in my own life, um, seeing, you know, trying to, trying to be super successful in ministry, you know, came out of that sense of, like, well, I'm not enough, so I got to do more, thinking that I'm doing this for the yes. kingdom of God. Like, look, look how good I'm being, Jesus. I'm, I'm really preaching well for you, and I'm pastoring well for you, but I'm really doing it for myself more, trying to get yes. to prove to myself and to others that that I that I am valuable, that I am enough, and. Until we really truly realize that that's a lie, that we're not enough, 
then there's, I, I don't see a way of breaking through that false construct just by willpower or, uh, you know, trying to be nicer to your kids or spend more time at home or, you know, the, the 10 list, you know, how to be a better dad, um, just the rules and regulations. You have to get to the core of it, don't you? Yes. And, and when you say the core of it, you have to get to the, in Isaiah 61 language, the broken hearted okay. core of it. You have to get to the place where you were wounded because our agreements and our vows, our commitments, uh, for example, to be successful in ministry, uh, those grow out of moments of wounding. And when I say moments, I mean moments. This 12-year-old, this happened in a moment in time. The, the, the boy came home, told his dad what happened at school, and his dad cursed his sensitivity. And that boy became committed from that day forward to not being sensitive. And you know, what, what, what often happens is it's, it's not just a one-time thing, but dad has this posture repeatedly over the course of this boy's life. And so there's lots of opportunities for the boy to reinforce his commitment to not be sensitive. Yeah, And that yeah. becomes his quote unquote personality, but it's actually the opposite of who he is in his core. He's actually a very sensitive boy and a sensitive man. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's, in my ministry, I've, I've, it seems to understand that Satan and these accusations don't attack your weakness as much as they attack your strength. They, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, they come after the, the glory in you. You know, C.S. Lewis talks about that. If we, yes. could, if we could see a person as they really are, you'd, you'd fall down, you know, just in, the, in their yes. glory. You know, we don't, we don't really see that in other people too often. Because uh, they don't want to show it, because they're showing this false, this false self, uh, this 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 triumph. But yeah, if if yeah. Uh, you know, so so this boy's sensitivity that you're talking about, man, that's his glory. That's that's like his, yes. you know. And when I learned that, man, that helped me be, man. My children just lit lit up when I started telling them, like, okay, you feel lonely, you know, that's the enemy telling you you're all alone. No, man, you you were built. You know, you were especially built for community. You were especially built for deep love, yes. and that's you know, and because of that, that's why the enemy is attacking that particular issue in your life. So, so it's not a random attack, sort of like, like Satan, like you know, the Jesus talked about the sower throws out the seed. Uh, it's not a random yeah. sort of the enemy just saying like, oh, let's see if this you know hits Adam or if it hits Gary. It's no, it's like I know you know Satan's like I know what's going to hit Adam, uh, you know, and and, yes. and 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 so I, I think that encourages people when you tell them. It's uh, yeah. You think that's your weakness because you've heard that so often, uh, but but really look at it as something that God's uh, given you a giftedness in you, and that could restore right. a lot of hope in people people's lives. Sorry, I don't mean to be. Uh, I want to hear from you. Well, I don't mean to be talking I, too I, much. I, here, here's what I'm hearing you say, Gary, is that very often the places where we feel the most shame, if we look at them. And where they originated, we will find our glory. Yeah. We will find the places that we uniquely reflect the glory of God. And that is incredibly freeing to realize. The very places where you feel the most shame, if you go there, if you explore the stories where that shame began, you will find the gold of your, of your glory. Man. I love that. That's that seems like that'd be so liberating for people and encouraging. Yes. Then they, then, then, then they can put off that false construct of, okay, I'm not worthy, but I'm going to try to prove I'm worthy. But if they really start seeing who Jesus says they are, then they're going to not have to fight to 
try to try to get there. They're gonna gonna do that. So, so the but back to the accusations, and then the the you were making agreements with those accusations. So so so, and, and then, and then it sort of sort of builds. So maybe that one time the father said. Uh, you know, you used another example like, okay, your nose is crooked. Maybe, maybe somebody in school said that to you. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was only said one time, but like you said, every time you look in the mirror now, you're agreeing with that. Yeah, oh man, I wish I had a different nose or I wish mm-hmm. my ears weren't so big or something. And so you're, uh, right. or I wish I wasn't such a quiet person. You know, it could be internal yes. things, not external. And so you're not, it's not just a one-time agreement. You're not just saying like, somebody said that and I agree with it. And then you let it go. You're, right. it's, in your, it's in your gut every day, right? Isn't it, it kind of sticks yeah, with you? Yeah, you're, jo- you're joining. Joining, you're that's joining. a good word, yeah. And so, you know, you know now uh, you're 34 years old and something happens at work and your boss, you know, during the review says, well, you know, one of your coworkers, part of the 360 review is just that you were, uh, you seem to take things awfully personal. And what you do in that moment is you say, my dad was right. I am too sensitive. Mm. That's an example of joining again. It's like signing your name to a piece of paper in the cosmos that says Adam Young is too sensitive. And those agreements become binding. In other words, they become the filter through which I see myself and I relate to the world. And uh, it is tormenting. It's tormenting, which is what it's designed to do. It's designed to torment uh, people um, because their area of glory has been cursed and assaulted. That's a, like a heavy word, tor- torment, but I think you're out, you're spot on. I was driving with my wife yesterday. We were driving down a, a series of uh, new homes, row homes. Families were moving in, young families. And, my, and I just mentioned my wife's like, I wonder... You know how many of those families are in pain right now? How many of them are yes. uh, are, are suffering from some of these things we're talking about today? Just, just you know, imagine you know it's it's tough enough for somebody who's you know been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ and the, the cross has done a great work in us. It's, it's tough enough for us to battle these accusations, but could you imagine again just going down house after house, or for you client after client, you just see the the ravage of of the brokenness of the fall. Of man, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but then, mm-hmm. you know, but but there's but we're not left hopeless. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's some definitely some good news that uh, there's something we can do about this, right? So so somebody this 34 year old yeah. guy that's living in uh, under these accusations, what, what do you what do you do with that? Well, ultimately, I mean, and ironically, the invitation is to confess. So in Greek, the word confess is homo legeo. Homo meaning sameness, and legeo meaning speaking. So to confess is to speak sameness with God about some portion of reality. So for this 34-year-old man, the question is, would you like to confess that your sensitivity is a good thing, or would you like to continue agreeing with your father that it is a disgusting thing? Now, that's the kind of question I would ask somebody as a therapist, and then the choice is theirs. How do you want to live your life? Do you believe that your sensitivity is good, or are you going to continue to curse it and say that it's bad? And now they're in a bind. And that's what you wanna do with people when you're engaging their story, is you wanna put them in a bind so that they can decide, frankly, if they'd like to repent or not. 
because he needs to repent of joining in a curse against something about him that is frankly quite beautiful. Yeah. Um, another example, you know, would be like uh, you're you're a young girl who has like a prophetic kind of voice, and your father, who's a pastor, um, says something to you that communicates, you know, y- you really shouldn't talk like that. You really shouldn't um, proclaim those kinds of things with that level of passion, however he says it, however he curses your gifting. And so now you're at war with your own passionate voice. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you start muting yourself. You don't speak what you see. You don't use your voice like you did when you were a little girl because it was something that your father or your mother did not find lovely about you. Mm -hmm. You need to repent of joining. And it's not like, you know, I get why you joined. Every kid will do it. But repentance is really a gift. In Acts, it says that Jesus gave the church the gift of repentance. And the gift is you get to repent. You get to say, no, no more. My voice is actually something about me that's quite beautiful. And my prophetic voice, my ability to see, to discern, and my courage to speak truth to power is actually something beautiful and godly about me. Now, that woman is repenting when she, when mm. she goes through the, that process. She's in the process of confession, confessing, speaking sameness with God about the goodness of her gifting and repenting. That is renouncing the agreement she made with evil when she joined in the accusation against the goodness of her voice. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. I mean, I think what you're saying now is so important. Everything you've been saying to us is important, but that, you know, that really just touches my heart and, and maybe for two reasons. One, um, sometimes in the therapy community or in the counseling world, you really don't hear a lot about repentance. It's more about you know brokenness or you're wounded, but you know nobody really has to. So, so I'm, I'm really almost surprised to hear you say that in a good way. And then, and then secondly, um, that's a whole new lens for me of, of repentance. Normally, I think of repentance. Oh, you went out and got drunk. Repent of that. Or you mm-hmm. told a lie. Repent of that. But but you're you're bringing a whole new category here of. Uh, of of repentance in a good way. Yeah, because the question is, why did you tell the lie? Or why did you get drunk? There's always a reason. And until you repent of the root, your Mm -hmm. repentance is frankly not robust enough. Wow. Man, that's good. I'm all for repenting of telling the lie. It's just not a very robust repentance because there's a reason we lie. And the reason I lie is going to be different than the reason you lie, Gary. And yeah. those reasons will be rooted in our respective stories. So yeah. repentance, you know, at that level is just too anemic and it doesn't really change the heart. When you get to the root of it, well, I'm lying because frankly, I'm so afraid of losing my job because I idolize financial security and I don't want to lose my job. And therefore, I'm going to lie at work about my, you know, this thing that's happening at work. Okay, I'm all for you repenting of the lie, as long as you acknowledge why you lied in the first place. Yeah, that's that's so good. And that you 
kind of what we're talking about, these accusations. I don't know if people sort of track this a little bit, but maybe somebody comes into your office and they say, uh, you know, I'm dealing, maybe I have a drug addiction or a, a, you know, I'm finding myself drinking way too much. A lot of times you can really track that back. You know, they're, they're drinking because of the pain of the accusations, that, but, but, but they just want to stop drinking, but they don't know this, this, this deeper repentance you're talking about. is. And, and so I think these things we're talking about today, uh, the accusations and the agreements, are, are probably some of the roots of a lot of our sinful habits or addictions. Uh, that's that's just a way to numb them, uh, you know. And so, that uh, I've I've done a lot of work with a, a drug rehab program called Teen Challenge. I don't know if you ever heard of Teen Challenge yeah. or not, but mm-hmm. they're, they're all around they're all around the world, you know. And 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 the goods the 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 best centers. Uh, there's 1,400 centers around the world, and the best of them are always doing what you're saying. They're, they're, it's repentance, but not just on the, hey, let's you know, let's pray about you stop drinking. Let's, uh, but why are you drinking? And and when did it start? And you know, what are you trying to cover up? Uh, what are you what are you trying to really deal with? So, and I'm glad I'm glad you're, you know, you're hitting on that because that's a that's probably an important message. And I don't know if it's real often spoken about uh, repentance in that, that light. I, I very rarely hear that, if at all. So, man, I'm I'm really glad you're. You're going there. Um, so, so if if um, if they repent, does that is that sort of what you're talking about in the Isaiah 61, sort of setting them free? Yes. Uh, is that really what sets them free? And 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 uh, and then, okay, I, I just, maybe we could touch on this. Like, you get set free, but for so long, uh, I don't know a whole lot about neuroscience, but you know, I've been reading a little bit. Uh, Kurt Thompson. I don't know if you've read some of his stuff. Yeah. You know that that some some of these habits in our mind. Uh, you know, are like uh, grooves in our brain. So, yes. so you so you kind of get set free because you repented, but it can be very discouraging because, and I don't, I don't know if this happens a lot with your clients, but, you know, they, they, they have this cathartic moment. I'm, I'm repentant and I'm free, but then they come back a month later and say, like, I kind of still feel those lies are accurate. Yeah. Does that have to do with the, that, that long history of believing those lies? And if so, it, it, is there a way to get set free from that? Yes. Uh, yes and yes. And the way is to engage your story robustly. And by robustly, I mean, you you not only have to put language to what happened to you in your family of origin, but you have to feel the feelings that have been unfelt. So this 12-year-old boy is going to have to rage and grieve that his Mm. father had contempt for his giftedness with regard to sensitivity and the beauty of his heart there. He is going to have to feel the grief of that, and he is going to have to feel the righteous anger of that. And if he doesn't feel the feelings, naming it is not gonna, it's not gonna bring freedom. So, you know, when, when Isaiah talks about enslavement, when he talks about prisoner, you know, being a prisoner, this is exactly the language of, 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 of human reality. We become enslaved. And that's why, you know, y- you can have an experience in counseling that's freeing, but you find yourself still bound. There's a reason for that. These things run deep and they have to be addressed in deep ways. And by deep ways, I mean looking at the specific nature of your story. And frankly, many Christians uh, do not want to look at their story, and they can have lots of reasons for that. You know, Paul says in Philippians, uh, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead. You know, I press on. 
And I, I can't tell you how many times people have, <laughs> have said verses like that to me as reasons not to engage their story. Right. Uh, and, and all I would say is, uh, look, um, we are called to be an honest people and we are called to a deep heart change. And whether it's the book of Psalms, Lamentations, Job, I mean, there's so many biblical resources for people engaging the depth of emotions that a human being experiences. Mm. And 70% of the Bible is narrative. God is profoundly interested in story, i.e. your story. So, you know, it's hard for me to understand um, why people give biblical defenses for not engaging their story. <laughs> yeah. I, I get the psychological defenses. I get the, hey, I don't want to go there. That's scary. That makes all the sense in the world to me. But but God calls you to honesty. And it's not just that he calls you to honesty. Your story matters to God. Your past matters to Jesus. And mm-hmm. frankly, the God who names himself as Emmanuel, God with us, wants to be with you in bearing witness to what happened to you when you were 10. God wants to be with you and bear witness to that. The Spirit of God wants to bring comfort. That's why Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. There is a comfort available to those who will look at the trauma and harm that they've experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the thing that he's talking about there being made available is to a certain specific type of person or a person who's going through something. Uh, he doesn't say, you know, he'll comfort those who are ignoring the inner conflict. He's saying, You're, I'm going to comfort those who mourned, uh, those, those who are brokenhearted, I'm going to heal. And so uh, it seems like Jesus' starting place for his introducing of his glory to us is, is in our own woundedness, in our own brokenness, that he's, he's going to come and, and deal with us there. And, and so, so many of us are, you know, so, so much of the church today, and I'm not trying to bash it or anything like that, but you know, is is more sort of you know keep your positive thinking, your positive confession. It's 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 you know you're, what you're talking about is you know you're talking about repentance, and you know, it sounds like your counseling practice is, is extremely biblical as opposed to sort of some of the pop psychology that we find in the church today that is is sort of very superficial. Uh, confess it, name yourself to be this and that, and never going down uh, you know deep into the uh, you know uh, when I was thirty, I read uh, Larry Crabb's book Inside Out. And yeah. I'd say it's probably the first time I actually said, "Oh, wow! I can. Yes, I'm, I'm supposed to dig down into this stuff that, yes. that I've been repressing. Not not just forget about it, but I'm supposed to do that." Um, and and I'd, I would I would say to you, some of the stuff that I was dealing with when I was 30, I have forgotten about. You know, like like Paul said, I, I put it behind me now because I'm not I'm not thinking about pornography anymore. You know, but I was then, and so you know, God. God gave me the power to forget those things, but it wasn't mm-hmm. just sort of you know snap of the finger or click your heels together and say there's no place like home. It's it's mm-hmm. definitely uh, dealing and doing doing the work uh, that that that's in with us. You um you 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 talk about some of these issues in some of your podcast. Uh, 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 your podcast is. Can you tell us just a little bit more about your podcast and uh, sure. if there are some uh, some issues. Of accusations, agreements, breaking breaking these agreements uh, are some of you because again, I wanted people to go a little bit deeper into some of these issues. We just kind of hit the surface of it. Yes, um, I, on the place we find ourselves podcast, I, I kind of have a series um, that talks about this. Um, it starts with episode forty one, 
and goes through like 46 or 47. So those episodes in there are all about accusations, how to address agreements, how to identify them in the context of your story, um, and how to really appropriate the authority that is yours in Christ mm-hmm. to address uh, the evil that has come against you. Um, there is a freedom available, but you need to use your words and your will to renounce some of these accusations, agreements, and commitments that you've made in in moments of immense heartache and woundedness. Yeah. Wow. That's, is that, um, are, you, are those labeled that series, uh, Spiritual Warfare? Yes. I mean, it's series? not, it, this, it's, it's the Spiritual Warfare series, or at least that's what I call it, but it just starts with episode 41 is titled okay. uh, Warfare Part One, The Reality okay. of a War Warfare. Against Your okay. Heart. Warfare. Yeah. Well, that's good. And, and uh, we'll close with that. I mean, uh, and I'm glad you used that word authority because I, I think, you know, w- whether we're talking about breaking agreements or curses or, um, you know, n- not walking in agreement with them, uh, you know, and that, that up and down roller coaster of believing it for a while, but then not believing it. I think our, our, our authority in Christ is probably the key issue there. And one of my favorite verses is uh, Revelation 12, where uh, it's talking about the believer and they overcame they overcame the accuser, uh, you know, and it lists three things there that I think are profound uh, by the blood of the lamb. So it's what Jesus did on the cross. You know, we nailed these accusations to the cross. And then the second thing is by the word of your testimony. So once you know it's nailed to the cross, then your testimony is I'm, I'm not worthless or I'm not, you know, uh, insignificant. Uh, and, and then the last one is you're laying down your life. And, and that's, that's the point of saying like, hey, I don't have to spend my whole life thinking about myself or contending with issues. Now I'm, uh, now I'm giving my life away to others. And I, I think those three things to me are tools that I've used and, and share with others to, to sort of help break these, these lies and accusations or the, the addictions that we end up building, um, the sinful habits that come out of that, trying to soothe ourselves. And so we definitely feel like uh, there's a lot. And, and, and your podcast is full of that kind of stuff, just the ways to, you know, you're not just, uh, you're not just good at discerning the problem. You're good at uh, giving some remedies. So really grateful for you and uh, what God's called you to and the glory of God that shines in your life. It's a real blessed to to get to know you a little bit here today. Anything comes to mind in closing here or wrapping up our last two episodes? Or if not, uh, just want to say thank no, you. No, this is this is this has been super fun, Gary. Thanks for having me well, on. Thank you. I hope you'll come back on and join us again. You have there's so much content there. And uh, are you th- uh, do you, do you have some writing in your uh, blood? You feel there's some some uh, some books coming up out of the, uh, this content? Uh, maybe. maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Alrighty. Well, thank you, Adam. Appreciate you being here today. God bless you, buddy. Thank you. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in World Challenge's mission. Thank you for listening and supporting World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ.